0: Hi and welcome to Forest of the Future, the podcast series where we look into how innovation in FSC can help save our forests. We all know that forests play a key role in combating the climate change and the biodiversity crisis that we're facing. In this series, we explore how innovation, especially within tech tools, but also more broadly, can help us protect our forests and support the mission of FSC, which is to ensure responsible management of our forests worldwide. In this episode of Forest for the Future, we will be focusing on an exciting event coming up, the Good Code Hackathon, which will run over the next couple of months. The Hackathon has been sponsored by DocuSign and will help FSC address one of the immediate challenges that we've been faced with. How do you perform audits in a place you cannot get to because of COVID-19? Callie Hessman, Development Relations Director at DocuSign, and our own Joanna Nivrovska, will explain much more about the hack. So buckle up and let's go. Hi, Joanna and and Callie, welcome to this podcast. And I'd like to start off a bit easy.
1: Uh, Callie, could you start by explaining what the Good Code Hackathon is? Sure. So the Good Code Hackathon grew out of two initiatives at DocuSign. For the past several years, um, DocuSign has had a DocuSign for Forests initiative. Um, This is just basically a natural extension of DocuSign's business. So we work to help companies digitize processes, um, basically to take the signing process online. Uh, and one of the main things that happens as a result of this is we save paper. And a long time ago, we identified that you know this was more than just a business case for us, um, that this is something that we really care about as a company. It's something that everyone who works for DocuSign is really proud to participate in. So as part of our DocuSign for Forest initiative, we have identified as a company several other organizations that we feel are really worthy environmental organizations whose interests are really aligned with DocuSign. And uh, that, those are other organizations who focus on saving and preserving forest resources. So we've worked with the Jane Goodall Legacy Foundation, the Wilderness Society, the Rainforest Trust, the Nature Conservancy, and now this year, the Forest Stewardship Council, Um, And we do various initiatives through the DocuSign Impact Foundation, um, which is our own arm where we do good works um, to help other companies and uh, to help other nonprofits. Um, So for this year, um, as part of DocuSign for for Forests, we had an opportunity to basically reevaluate um, what we were doing for our annual DocuSign Momentum Hackathon. So Momentum is our annual customer conference. And it was actually scheduled for early March of this year. And unfortunately, as we all know, um, coronavirus, COVID-19 hit really. uh, It got very bad in the United States and things started closing down basically the weekend that we were scheduled to host this in-person hackathon. So it took us a couple of months to sort of regroup and think about what we wanted to do and, you know, take the lay of the land and see what we could do to really Still continue to serve our customers and our developer base. And we came up with this idea that we would just take it virtual, do the whole hackathon online. Um, And then we talked with the Forest Stewardship Council about, you know, what are the challenges they would really like to solve? What can we do to pivot with this hackathon that we already had planned and come up with some unique challenges that we could do virtually With the unique opportunity we have with the virtual hackathon to reach more people, take it global, and sort of broaden our DocuSign for Forest message.
0: Sounds like a bit of touch and go there. Uh, with a last minute
2: cancellation yeah, it certainly was I definitely remember from my side that I was having all the suitcase packed and I was just taking my last coffee before leaving to the airport and suddenly i read i read the email from from our colleagues that were wake up woken up all night almost just to warn us not to go to the airport <laughs>
0: well at least you weren't on the plane when it happened so, we've decided to to then go for a virtual hack instead of, of um, an in-person hack. What is the difference for you in that?
2: So, it is quite a lot of difference because it brought completely new meaning for the engagement in Hackathon for FSC. Uh, originally, we were targeting uh, three very interesting, very much needed applications for FSC, focused uh, more on forest management certification, And they were all very exciting. However, it was not something that we had to have at this particular moment. And due to challenge that COVID has posed on all of us, we realized that we have really significant problem on the ground by not having the possibility for our auditors to visit sites. And since long in FSC, there were ideas about remote assessments, how to streamline assessment, how how to make audit less dependent on auditor actually being on the site. And therefore, we used the challenge uh, of COVID as an opportunity to look at this closer, and we redesigned completely original challenges that we originally developed for in-person hack, and we focused uh, this application entirely on COVID. Mm -hmm. What also makes it different for us is that we want to solve real problem. So the idea, the challenge for the hackathon is reflecting uh, real audit schedule or steps that we envisage, uh, including some innovations in audit process, but essentially it is responding to the problem of auditors not being able to travel. And uh, we will provide in orig- or in initial hackathon infrastructure um, a copy of uh, selected uh, infrastructure elements that FST really uses, so this we do in order. To use this app once it is developed and once this uh, confirmed to be of good quality. So we really do it for real, mm-hmm. not only for fun. Okay. Is it the same for you, for you guys,
1: Callie? Is it the same difference for you guys? I think a lot of elements are going to be the same, but a lot of elements are also going to be very different. So what Joanna just pointed out um, is a big, uh, it, it is a big difference. And I think it's actually a really neat and important difference, which is, you know, for an in-person hackathon, you get two days. Every year when we've hosted our momentum hackathon, we get about, you know, 300 people or so. They show up, they're there for two days and it's sort of quick and dirty, right? A hackathon is very focused on just getting it done. You build something that barely works. You don't want anyone really looking under the covers at your code and poking around too, too much because, you know, that's not the focus. The focus is to get out a good POC, a good proof of concept of, this is how I would solve this problem. And if you give me some more time and resources, you know, I can take this idea to the next level and polish it. So for this virtual hackathon, we're we're taking the same ideas for some of the, the problems that we wanted to solve. But like Joanna said, number one, we are looking to solve some additional problems that have happened because it happened because of COVID. Um, but additionally, we're giving people a lot more time to solve those problems. So for the in-person hackathon, it's normally, you know, 24 hours, just a weekend. And for this, um, they're going to have two months. So the hackathon begins on July 7, and it doesn't end until August 31st. So people will have two full months to sort of, you know, think about the challenge at their leisure, explore all of the resources, maybe do some research on use cases, um, really understand it, select some good tools. And as Joanna said, they are going to have an opportunity to use uh, a copy a mirror of real FSC data, and that's very unique. They weren't going to have that opportunity for the in-person hackathon because there just isn't time in a weekend, you know, to set up a Dynamics instance and and digest all that data. But we're we're expecting people to get excited about that. They wouldn't normally get to see this kind of data or work with it. So I think a lot of people who you know are interested in the space, um, or maybe who are familiar with some of the interesting technologies and APIs, we're encouraging people to use such as ArcGIS um, from Esri, people are gonna have an opportunity you know, to go home at the end of the night, use this as sort of a fun side project outside of work, maybe while you're trapped at home <laughs> with your kids and you need a break, um, you wouldn't normally get the chance to do that and really dig in. And this is something I'm very excited about um, for the virtual format, You know, the opportunity, number one, to work longer, but also for us just to engage a broader audience of hackathon participants normally um, the kinds of people who are able to do the hackathon are people who can come in person, you know, just for a weekend. So you only get mostly local people for us, at least to the San Francisco Bay area. And you only get um, sort of early career stage hackers. So we get a lot of college kids and a lot of people, you know, who are looking to launch startups and looking to use it as a networking opportunity. We love having that audience because they are very young and they love to explore new technologies and it's great to get them on board and you know, a lot of good energy, but I'm also hoping now that we can engage a more global audience um, and a more uh, sort of inclusive environment for different types of developers, hoping to get some enterprise level developers, um, you know, people who wouldn't normally have the time to devote to drop everything and come for a weekend hackathon. This is This is hopefully going to be very accessible um, and bring a lot of people in.
0: It sounds really interesting. I know that, Joanna, you've also mentioned another unique feature about this hackathon.
2: Yes, that's true. And this is very exciting. It makes a lot of challenges on our side to prepare. However, in this virtual hackathon, we want to try out the idea of collaboration between developers versus traditional competition. So, our challenge includes three sub applications. Because we do it for real, it gets a bit complex at the end. So we divided the whole application in three parts that we believe are distinct enough to manage them separately. And we would like to create teams within teams in developers, among developers. So the the umbrella team will cover all applications and this umbrella team will divide themselves into three three sub-teams. And uh, those three sub-teams will have to collaborate because those three applications must be integrated with each other they must talk to each other. And this is why uh, they will be forced sort of to to collaborate under one bigger umbrella team that would deliver the entire application. And those umbrella teams will then compete for, for best results, of course, but this is, this is truly exciting. And idea uh, for that emerged also as a response to COVID where the feeling of being together, working together uh, is becoming more important than ever.
0: Mm, okay, so we might have Ten minute winners, and we might have twenty winners in reality, because it's the entire
1: umbrella team that wins. That should be the fun <laughs> of it. <laughs> That's. I mean, maybe we should talk a little about the money here. Um, <laughs> yeah, what is the prize? Yeah, that might help it clarify for people what we're doing here. So there's over fifty thousand U.S. dollars in prizes, um, and to sort of enhance what Joanna is saying here, we are trying to incentivize people to work on these individual parts. Um, because maybe not everybody wants to be part of one of these collaborative teams, but we certainly hope they will. But basically, um, we're going to award a prize for each of the three categories. She's talking about apps one, two, and three. There are sort of three things that FSC is looking for in this, in this overall larger app that they really need. So one is uh, has to do roughly with assessments, one roughly with qualifications, and one roughly with virtual auditing. And so we're going to give $10,000 to the best of each of these three types of apps. Um, So $30,000 up for grabs for, you know, if you can build one, even just one of those apps. Um, And then if you can collaborate, there's going to be a $15,000 bonus um, for the super team that strings all those three together and builds one cohesive app. Um, So it's quite a lot of money. And we are definitely giving the most money to this collaboration bonus um, for the team that does string them all together because that is the goal of this. Um, and like I mentioned, it is something unique to this global hackathon where maybe normally teams individually don't have the time, the resources, you know, to to build the whole thing. But we're really hoping that teams will uh, reach out to other teams around the globe and other teams with expertise, maybe that they don't have um, to build this, this whole app and to, to meet other people and to work together. And we are facilitating this through our sort of hackathon infrastructure. So we have a Slack channel, a public Slack channel um, with, that people will be able to join where they can, you know, self-organize and find each other and talk about their ideas and what they're working on. Um, and we're hoping that people will, will utilize that as well as the DevPost site and DevPost is just a common hackathon hosting website. That's where this hackathon is going to be. Um, I guess I should take this moment to say the name there. It's, it's going to be at DocuSign2020.devpost.com. Um, and there will be a lot of information on there that people can use to sort of uh, see what apps are there, to self-organize, and, and find other people to work with to work on this collaborative challenge.
0: Wow, it sounds really exciting, but maybe we should pause for a second trying to dive a little bit deeper into what it is that we're actually trying to solve here and and what the heck is that, what you actually have to develop something for, right? So I know that you mentioned them very briefly, Callie, but maybe, Joanna, you could put a few more words to the three different things that we're trying to look into here.
2: Uh, With pleasure, Loa Alto I will remind being mysterious (laughs) since we don't want to have too much advantage of our great brains that we expect to have during the hack itself. But the general idea is to do a remote audit for China of custody certification. Why? Because majority of our certificates are China of custody certificates. So travel restrictions affects most directly them due to the large number of this uh, type of certificates. So uh, in order to to develop applications for remote audit, we were thinking about uh, how to prepare best for such an audit. And good preparation is a significant component of a success of the whole audit, being it virtual or not. So therefore, uh, in the first part of, of our challenge of our applications, we want to develop solution Uh, through which an applicant to certification or even existing certificate holder would be able to see all that we require from them as a part of China of custody certification and provide data themselves to the certification bodies uh, and ASI uh, that certification body could prepare for this audit in advance seeing this data. That will be one component that is already quite a big step for FSC to deliver for our system. Then, even if certification body has this data coming from an applicant to certifications or existing certificate holder, we are not uh, granting remote uh, audit option just to any type of certificate. Uh, this is because we have uh, clear credibility risks behind locations of certain certificates uh, and uh, management systems. Uh, due, to, due to the variety uh, of chain of custody operations those risks will differ depending on type of the operation depending on location depending on number of sites depending on whether this is single certificates or whether they it includes some uh, multiple sites whether this is group certificates etc so all of this needs to be then assessed by a certification body based on this data provided by applicant or existing certificate holder. So this is the second sort of part and step in the, in the challenge to find out the way of filtering it and applying certain criteria by the certification body to finally decide, do we go for remote option or do we not? If it is decided that remote verification is possible, then the most exciting and innovating part of the hack comes to develop tools to actually virtually see the location, see the site. And here we expect really um, uh, developers being very innovative, very creative, searching for newest uh, cutting-edge technologies such as drones maybe or Google Glasses. I don't want to give any ideas, of course. In order to enable auditor to see the site without control of a certificate holder on applicant. That's the whole point in this third part, that auditor is not... um, Forced to to be um, under control of certificate holder of somebody who is, for example, holding camera, and could uh, direct this camera to places that are more uh, that they are more confident about uh, than to others. So this full control of auditor over what they see in the third part of applications is, is I think for me, uh, the most um, opportunities for innovation and applying very uh, exciting tools.
0: You mentioned earlier that we're really trying to solve a real-life problem. What are, we, what are we expecting the outcome to be?
2: The outcome that we expect is to, to have functional applications. We don't expect to have perfect applications that we would just be able to launch uh, day after the hackathon. But this application should correspond to our um, data structure, uh, so that we, by through modifications and through adding additional elements that we will not make available for the hack, could actually refine it and implement it on the ground. And and Kelly, uh, what are you guys expecting to get out of this?
1: Why are you even working with stuff like this? Yeah, good question. I know I mentioned earlier the DocuSign for Forests initiative and our, our Momentum conference. Um, And this is, you know, that's obviously one goal of this is this is an extension of our commitment to helping our nonprofit partners. And it's a big deal for us to see FSC be able to get something out of this and to take this app and be successful and have you be able to use it um, in the real world for real use cases. So that's certainly the primary thing we're hoping to get out of it. But the secondary thing is, um, of course, it's great exposure for DocuSign. And we are hoping that developers around the world will take this opportunity and be able to see how they can use DocuSign to help them digitize important processes, um, especially in a post-COVID world. We care a lot about, as we say, sort of helping those um, who are helping the greater good. So FSC is, of course, one of these organizations, but we also want people to see that they can take this basic use case of e-signatures and really use it for any use case where you need anything signed. You know, they're The DocuSign API is going to be integral to this challenge because various parts of this uh, process that Joanna has been describing involve submitting various forms of paperwork, either to FSC or to ASI and various regulatory bodies. And this is not unique. There are a lot of other use cases for such things, um, and DocuSign is a really good option. So we would really like developers um, and others to be able to see, you know, how can I speed things up, especially when there are travel restrictions in place, or it's just generally um, time consuming, you know, or or not not feasible to get somewhere in person for a signature. We really want people to know that DocuSign has an API that it's easy to use, that we have SDKs um, and other developer tools. We're really hoping that this is just an opportunity to make people's lives easier for businesses, but also for nonprofits who are really struggling right now and trying to figure out how to, you know, take everything online really quickly and stay afloat. Um, you know, we want we want to incentivize people to help them.
0: Mm-hmm. What about the hackers? What can they get out of it? Besides, of course, the obvious money price, but why
1: does hackers or coders actually sign up for these things? Um, I do think money is obviously a big motivator, but... I personally, from you know participating in hackathons myself, would say it's just really interesting to see what use cases and APIs might be out there that you've never worked with. So uh, I mentioned um, ArcGIS, you know, geocoding is something that people might get excited about, you know, how to use an API um to do things with GIS data and to map things out. That is very interesting for the virtual audit and for the uh, the qualification part. Um, There's other interesting technologies, you know, uh, Joanna mentioned that we, as part of the app, you, you as a developer will need to find a way to um, enable remote uh, taking a look at forests and you could bring in drone technology and other things like that. I think that's something that developers get excited about, which is just using cool tech, you know, using Mm -hmm. new APIs and new things you haven't worked with. That's just fun. And hackathons are, are meant to be fun. And I think developers love learning and they like to engage um and they they like a good challenge um and i think it's really exciting to get a real world use case i actually think that's a lot more fun than just a random you know poc for something that might never get used again the opportunity to actually do good you know with just the power of your imagination and something you can build um i think that's very inspiring for developers they like to they like the satisfaction of being able to build something and ship it and see it you know in use in the real world so I'm hoping that's something they'll get out of this.
2: I also can add to that, uh, following up Kali, that one of the interesting challenges for me, I hope, uh, for developers will be uh, to tap into translation services because FSC is a global organization. The standards that we develop are by default in English, we provide Spanish translations, but they are being used in many different countries and being translated by certification bodies. So actually, if you apply for certification, you may not, never see English version originally, you see only nationally translated version. And um, as a part of the hack, one of the options would be to, to, to provide such translation services,
1: which is becoming, I think, a growing, growing need in, in the digital world uh, anyway. One other thing I want to mention um, is that you know this is a hackathon. That is our main activity. But we're going to have a lot of other supportive events, but also just fun events throughout those two months. So Joanna and I will be available on Twitch. Um, DocuSign has a Twitch channel. It's DocuSign API. And we're going to be there hosting virtual sessions. We're going to live code. We will be answering various questions. Um, and we will also be hosting some fun activities. Um, And we have some other interesting and fun challenges that you'll be able to see on the DevPost website throughout those couple of months. So if you aren't really feeling like you completely understand the challenges um, at this moment, feel free to hop on the DevPost site and you'll be able to see some opportunities to to ask questions and to join us for some fun and some other prizes.
0: Cool. And this I'm conscious that this is a podcast, you might listen to this after July 7th. Can, do you have to sign up in advance or could you join during the process or how
1: does that work? Um, that's one of the other advantages of this being a you know multiple month long virtual hackathon. You do not have to sign up by July 7th. It has basically rolling admission or (laughs) rolling signups, you can basically sign up whenever you want. So if you want to sign up on August 30th and you think you can build something in 24 hours, that's great. Um, Basically just submissions close on August 31, but you can sign up anytime before then. Oh, cool. So you could also pull in
0: your cool coder friend when you realize you're missing some skills. (laughs) We
1: certainly hope so. Yes.
0: Thank you very much, both of you. It was very interesting, and I hope you get a lot of good coders out there that will help chip in solving our COVID-induced problems. That's it. I hope all coders out there are now itching to sign up and help us out. If not for the money prize, then for a shot at helping us deliver solutions that ensure that supply chains committed to sustainable forest management can continue during a pandemic crisis. If you know a good coder, please help us spread the message and call for action. The hack starts at July 7th, 2020, and I'll place a direct link to where you find much more information in the description of this episode. If you want to get in touch with us or follow our work, I encourage you to join our LinkedIn group. It's called FSC Digital Innovation and is open for everyone. You can always also get in touch with me on digitalinput at fsc.org. I'm Laura Worm, and this was forest for the future.